In your Bibles tonight, Romans chapter number 16, we'll begin reading in verse number 17. And just a few verses, 17 through 20. And tonight I want to preach this message, Victory Over Divisions. Victory Over Divisions. And one of the main uh, thrusts of the book of Romans was the Apostle Paul helping the church at Rome to overcome the divisive spirit that was natural because you had groups of people coming from different walks of life having trusted Christ, trying to do church in unity. But some folks were having a hard time getting along. And divisiveness and division was something that would creep in. Now, as we study the Bible, we understand that divisiveness and division among God's people is one of the number one wiles of the devil. It's one of the things that the devil is constantly working at in order to cause church people and Christian people not to be able to stand fast in the Lord. And that's why the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter number 6 that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. He says, your problem is not other people. He says, your problem is we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against spiritual wickedness in high places. He just reminds us that when you start to have fussing and feuding and divisions among yourselves, whether it's in your home or in your church or in your community, it is not the person primarily that is the issue. It is the fact that the devil is using division to cause you to not have unity and therefore be able to function the way God has so designed us. And so when we come to this passage of Scripture, we're going to talk about victory over divisions, victory over a divisive spirit, victory over divisions. The Bible says in Romans 16, verse number 17, the Bible says, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. For your obedience has come abroad unto all men. I am glad, therefore, on your behalf. But yet I would have you wise unto that which is good. And simple concerning evil. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. And we come to this passage of scripture and it begins with this famous word beseech. It's a, it's a word of, of urge. It's a begging. He says I, I beseech you. I urge you. This is important. He says I beseech you brethren. Mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned and avoid them. We're going to talk tonight about victory over divisions. Victory over a divisive spirit. And the first thing we're going to talk about tonight, number one, is this. Mark and avoid the divisive. The divisive. Someone, have you ever met somebody that was divisive? Uh, I mean, they just can't always stand to have a conversation unless they're talking about Something that is divisive, something that is uh, not nice, something that is uh, scandalous in some way. I'll tell you, and it's something that you need to pay attention to. 
Maybe you should pay attention to it in your own home, in your own uh, car, in your own conversations with the people who are the nearest and dearest to you. Because some folks have begotten in such a habit in their conversation, their manner of conversation, that they cannot but speak about things that are scandalous. They can't help but talk about somebody and talk about something that's wrong with somebody or some gossipy type juiciness. Now, I'll just tell you, it's a habit. It's a poor habit. It's not a Christ-honoring habit, but it is a habit. It's almost like you go around looking for something to talk about against somebody, and it's always something that is not joyful, not peaceful, not pleasing to the Lord. And I wonder if you just pay attention and notice if maybe perhaps in your own manner of conversation... You can't even have a conversation unless you're having a conversation about something that is scandalous or wrong or divisive. We've got to be careful. We've got to be careful. We've got to watch ourselves. We need to guard our tongues and guard our conversations and guard the things that we're thinking about. The thing we must remember about our tongue and our words, it is a direct reflection of what's in our heart. And if your words are consistently divisive, it is the byproduct of a heart that is not in tune with God, but is divisive and in sin. And this can happen, not only to Christians in pews, but preachers in pulpits. And may God give us the Spirit of Christ, because the Spirit of Christ is not one that divides, one that is not one that is selfish and rotten. You see, if we're going to have victory over division, the first thing we need to do is mark and avoid the divisive. The Bible says here in verse 17, I beseech you, I beg you, I, I urge you, brethren. This is a message to Christians. Brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses Contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. Now, the main emphasis here is on those folks who cause divisions and offenses contrary to doctrine. Contrary to sound Bible doctrine. Now, I want you to understand, doctrine is a very, very good thing. Doctrine is something that we need to pay close attention to. We need to believe what the Bible teaches. Now, our beliefs and our understanding of Bible doctrine is something that we should allow to be questioned. Now, I know that sounds kind of contrary, maybe, to some teaching that we've had. But we should allow what we know and believe to be true about the Bible to be questioned. We should allow someone, if they disagree with one of our points of Bible doctrine, we should allow them to have questions and ask questions. And quite frankly, we should be the kind of people who are asking questions about our own beliefs and be comparing what we believe to what the Bible actually says. How many of you in your Christian life, God's Word has changed what you believed from one thing to another. How many of you have done that? That's good. I'll just have you know something. If you are a Christian and you've not allowed God's Word to change what you've believed over the course of your study of God's Word, then you're not studying the Word. Now, 
look, I was taught a lot of things. I'm preaching and pastoring the church I grew up in. And I'm still an independent Baptist. I still preach the Bible. We still meet on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. We still have Sunday school. We still do Bible school in the summer. We still do all kinds of things we've always done. And I'm thankful for that. That's fine. But it would be an arrogant notion to think that the re- that as a child, what I learned as a child was, and what I believed and understood completely as a, what I understood as a child never had any progression, never grew, never uh, developed into something more sound. Now, I'm not saying that I was raised in heresy by any stretch of the imagination. But through the years, I, there have been seasons of my life where I developed preconceived notions about things biblical, but that the Bible and God's Word had to come along and help me with so I could understand it better. It's good. It is a good thing to know God's Word and know God's Word better. And I love God's Word. It's our authority. Now, so the Bible doctrine is something that we need to be very careful with. Now, there are all kinds of folks who are preaching heresy. Uh, as one of the commentators I read earlier was John Phillips. I read him often. I, I like what he has to say. And John Phillips, he used this passage of Scripture, an opportunity to expose some of the errors of Mormonism and the Christ of Mormonism. He used it as an opportunity to expose some of the errors of the Jehovah's Witness. And I understand it's, it's good. And I think that's fine. I think it's an appropriate time to think about a number of issues that are divisive regarding doctrine. We need to be careful that our doctrine is thoroughly biblical. It's thoroughly biblical. And I'll have you know something. If you study God's Word, God will teach you Bible doctrine. But we don't have to get to the place where we're afraid to uh, defend our faith, afraid to speak up for our faith, afraid to prove our faith with the Scriptures. I saw a Facebook post from a guy that I love. I, I, I wish him the best. But I saw a Facebook post that he used to, uh, as a proof text for something that he loves in his denominationalism. And it was, I'll just say, it was, the, it was the matter of speaking in tongues. And he used this verse to prove that it was okay and it was right to speak in tongues and pray in tongues. And uh, at any rate, I was like, man, that's interesting because when you take that one verse, it's almost like what he said is true. But then I, opened, I said, I need to read this because I'm fascinated. And it's kind of prompted me. We may be preaching through 1 Corinthians next. Uh, but I was looking and I, I read the context around that. And I was like, oh no. What it teaches and what the Bible actually says is contrary to what he was using the scripture to prove. Now, I've said all that to say this. That we need to... Mark them which cause divisions. Now, in the church at Rome, the main issue was you had the uh, hard-nosed, unkind, traditional Jews at a fuss with the left-leaning Gentile Christians. And there was an element of this 
left-leaning Gentile Christians that was just dead wrong because they hated the Jews. And then there was this group over here, and there was a great element of what they were believing that was dead wrong because they were stuck in the works of the law and neglecting the grace and truth of God and the work of Jesus Christ. And they were on both sides of the aisle fussing at each other. And so the Apostle Paul says, if you're going to have victory over divisions, you're going to have to get church, you're going to have to get to the place where graciously, kindly, appropriately, you note and mark and realize that there's folks here that are causing division with their false doctrine and their misemphasis. And there are folks over here that are causing division with their false doctrine and their misemphasis. And he says, if you're going to have peace and victory over divisions, you're going to have to mark them. What's that mean? That means literally, you just, you just say, I know that that's what they do. I know that's what they do. Now, we don't want to be judgmental and unkind, but quite frankly, it doesn't take too long to identify that there are people out there, and they may even call themselves Baptists, or there may be people out there that call themselves the same name we call ourselves, but they are divisive. How many of you ever met somebody that was very divisive? How many of you know them? Guess what you just did? You just marked them. That doesn't mean that we get newspapers and write their names on it and make our case and beat them half to death. That just means that we take note of the fact that that person is divisive. That person is divisive. And the next word is very important. I'll just tell you, growing up as an independent Baptist, I knew lots and know lots of people who have taken verse number 17 as their life's verse. Now, I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause division. I'll just tell you, there's people who've taken that as their life verse, and they've set out in their Christian journey as a minister of the gospel that it's my God-given duty to mark every person that doesn't believe exactly like me. And I'll tell you what, I done marked that guy. You know what I found out a long time ago? I found out a long time ago, if I'm doing the work that God has called me to do in the Word and in the church and in the community, I don't have time to criticize other people doing other works in other places. I don't even have time to hardly know their names, much less write about them, fuss about them, make fun of them, and be a gossip. Now, the mark is very important. We have to note in our minds, and sometimes we have to say to people, and I'll say in private, now listen, you may not want to closely associate yourself with that person. As a pastor, I've said that on many occasions. But the Bible says the next thing, and the most important part, I believe, of this passage in this verse of scripture is you mark them you note and you acknowledge that that person's trouble that person's trouble they're causing division their doctrine does not line up with the doctrine of the bible their spirit does not line up with the spirit of christ mark them but the next thing and it's so important that you see it verse number 17 the bible says mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and what's the next word and one two three Avoid them. 
Now that's a key word. Avoid them. That doesn't mean you buy radio time and debate them. That doesn't mean you buy a spot on television and debate them. That means you avoid them. Avoid them. Hey, look, that's okay. Sometimes the best thing to do is just avoid people. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs that a wise man passes over transgression. And it is his joy to pass over transgression. That doesn't mean that we ignore our responsibilities. That just means it's a wise thing if sometimes you don't have to say, say something about everything that you see. If you've got this spirit that says, I've got to say something to everybody that I think is wrong, the Bible tells you, avoid them. Avoid them. And if we're going to have victory over divisions, we're going to mark them and avoid them. And when we mark and avoid the division, guess what happens? We're able to put it in our rearview mirrors and keep on trucking, doing the will and work of the Lord. Mark and avoid. Mark and avoid. What's that mean? I think it means move on. The Bible gives some insight into these people, these folks who are bringing and causing divisions and offenses. Look at the Bible says, I think it's fantastic. Verse number 18. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I think that's an a, a amazing verse. There's a lot of folks, and it reminds me, and by the way, I am aware of the fact that I could get sidetracked with the things that I like, the things that motivate me that are, could become extra-biblical. To, to a point where I'm not serving God anymore, even in the role of a pastor. And I'm asking God constantly to keep me from that and protect me and search my heart and show me if there's any wicked way. But the Bible says these people who are divisive, that mar- the ones we're to mark and avoid, they say, we want, God says, I want you to understand that they do not serve. They're not serving the Lord Jesus Christ. It may say reverend in front of their names, but they do not serve the Lord Jesus Christ. It may say pastors, but they they don't serve the Lord Jesus. They may have theologians in front of their name, but they're not serving the Lord Jesus. And the Bible says you can know this because what they do is they're not serving the Lord Jesus. They they, They that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. But their own belly. Who are they in it for? They're in it for themselves. Stroking their own ego. Promoting themselves, they're in their own belly. They love to win an argument. They love to win an argument. I remember as a teenager when I was exposed the very first time to someone who just wanted to fight over some point of theology. For some reason, Brother Fred wasn't available and Pastor Chuck wasn't available and I had a heart full of zeal for the Lord and uh, Pastor Chuck turned me loose with a church van full of teenagers, and we went to Bristol for a teen rally. And uh, we had a great time. We went down there to hear the preaching. I couldn't get enough preaching. I, I'm thankful for that season. And we went down there for some preaching, a group of kids with us. And uh, when we got finished uh, with uh, the preaching and the meeting, we, we had a great time. We went to Dairy Queen. When I got to Dairy Queen, this guy approached me. He saw that I was kind of, actually, so he had asked, who's the leader of your group? And someone had pointed me out. I wish they hadn't. And so here I am, a towhead, 17, 18 years old, and this guy, he gets a $100 bill out of his 
billfold and flashes in front of me. He says, he says, I'll give you $100 if you can prove me wrong. I said, you'll have to keep your $100 bills because I can't prove nobody wrong. All I can do is eat this ice cream cone. <laughs> but I'm good at that. And he, uh, he went on to begin to fuss with me about hyper-Calvin. He was a hyper-Calvinist. And I didn't even know what he was talking about. Since then, I've learned a little bit about it. And uh, I still feel the same way about the guy. Uh, he wasn't in it for his... He wasn't trying to help a young preacher. He wasn't trying to help a group of teenagers that had just had a heart full of zeal for the Lord, that wanted to grow in the nurture admission of the Lord and learn to read and study the Bible and wanted to live for Jesus and not for the world. He wasn't, he wasn't interested in helping us one bit. The only thing he wanted to satisfy was his gut yearning to win an argument. Now, let me tell you something. It's possible for that spirit to creep up inside of us. May God help us and protect us from it. And if you know somebody like that, or you meet somebody like that, the Bible tells you what to do with them. Mark them, avoid them. Mark them, avoid them. Mark them, I don't watch their Facebook post. I don't watch their YouTube videos. I mark them and avoid them. Because they're not serving God, they're serving their flesh. And it's just not right. The Bible says, and this is so important to me, the Bible says that they're not serving Jesus but their own belly. And I want you to see the last phrase of verse 18. And by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. What, what do they do? The Spirit is, they use good words. Have you ever been around somebody that used big words and the way they used their words, there's, I mean, they, they were convincing. And these people, they used good words and fair speeches to deceive the hearts of the simple. Deceive the hearts of the simple. Now, I'll have you know something. If you're just in to Bible stuff in order to prove your Bible trivia points, you're in it for the wrong reason. And all that you are going to do and the fruit that you'll bear is you will deceive the hearts of the simple. Now you may feel good about it for a minute and have you some proselytes, but I'll have you know something. God will hold you accountable for how you dealt with the hearts of simple, innocent, gullible people. That little phrase right there scares me. I'll just tell you, it scares me. Deceive the hearts of the simple. And I'll just tell you, it brings me to my knees because I say, Lord, help me not to get to the place where I am so arrogant with myself and my knowledge that I would be willing to just use big words and fair speech and a smile and a bat of the eye in order to deceive people into believing what I believe just so I can say I've got people that believe what I believe. What I believe matters none. What the Bible teaches Matters everything. Don't forget it. Mark and avoid the divisive. Mark and, if you're going to have victory over divisions, mark and avoid the divisive. We've got to get to a place where we identify them as divisive and say, look, I'm going to keep my distance. Number one, mark and avoid the divisive. Number two, be wise and simple. 
to prevent becoming divisive. Now, this is uh, interesting that what the Bible says next in verse 19. Apostle Paul says to the church at Rome, Your obedience is come abroad unto all men. What that simply means, look, you guys are well noted for being obedient Christians. I don't know what all that implies, but their testimony in the church at Rome was they're obedient. They obeyed. They obeyed. They were, they were obeying the word. They were obeying. They were trying to obey. And Paul says, that's good. I am glad, therefore, on your behalf, I'm glad that you're obedient. He says, but I want you to remember something. But yet I would have you. Do you see that in verse 19? But yet I would have you wise unto that which is good. He says, I want you to use wisdom. I want you to use wisdom. Now, wisdom is understanding that God gives us. And here the Bible says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who giveth to all men liberally. Have you, do you catch yourself making unwise decisions? I want you to begin to pray. Lord, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. Give me wisdom to slow down and think and pray before I speak. How many of you need help with that? Lord, help me to slow down and think and pray before I react. How many of you need help with that? Lord, help me to slow down and think and pray before I get angry. And the list can go on and on. We need to ask God for wisdom. And so the Apostle Paul says, in regards to this peace that we want you to have and this unity that the church needs to have, mark and avoid the divisive, but he says, I want you to be wise regarding that which is good. Be wise. He says, not only that do you need to be wise, but the Bible says you need to be simple. Now, this is uh, the right word. It's great. The Bible says that we're to be wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. Simple. Yeah, and this word simple, earlier in our text, verse, the end of verse number 18, you see the word simple right there? To deceive the hearts of the simple. That's literally like a simple-minded person. It's, a, it's, a, it's gullible, easily deceived, uh, simple like that, uh, trustworthy, uh, simple. But the word simple in verse number 19 is completely different. Don't let that gum you up in your Bible study. God will help you with that. But the word simple, the Bible says simple concerning evil. The word simple literally means not mixed up. If you were to say this is a simple metal, that means it's just one kind. It's just one kind. Not mixed up. And so the Bible is saying that we need to be simple regarding evil. We need to be simple concerning evil. That means we're not going to get mixed up with it. We're not going to get mixed up with evil. We're not going to get caught up with those that are causing division. We're going to get caught up with those that are causing division. We're going to be simple. We're not going to get mixed up with evil. The Bible says we're wise and simple. It'll help us to prevent becoming divisive. The Bible says that's what we're, to, we're called to do. Verse 19, be wise and simple. Mark and avoid, be wise and simple. And finally, number three, peace and grace will be your reward. We mark and avoid the divisive. We are wise and simple to prevent becoming divisive. You see, when we make wise decisions, we take away such a temptation to, to have division in our hearts and lives. When we're simple, we don't get mixed up in... in Sin, we take away 
and prevent becoming divisive in our own hearts and spirits. And the reward comes in verse 20. God says, I'll give you peace and grace. Peace and grace will be your reward. The Bible says in verse 20, And the God of peace, the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. Now, that's a fascinating passage of Scripture. I thought about titling this message, Pounding Satan, but uh, I didn't decide against it. <laughs> that word bruised uh, in other places, crushed. <laughs> I thought, well, let's call this Pounding Satan. But the truth is, in verse number 20, the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The Bible says you're going to have victory over the devil. What is the devil's greatest while? He wants to divide people. He wants to divide husbands and wives, children and mothers, children and fathers, church people. He wants to divide us. So what is it that crushes the head of Satan? What is it that pounds Satan? It is peace in the hearts of God's people. So the Bible says that the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. Do you want to bruise Satan's head? Do you want to crush Satan? Here's how you do it. You mark and avoid the divisive. You act wisely and simple and prevent becoming divisive. And God will give you peace in your heart. And when God gives you peace in your heart, the peace in your heart is the thing that defeats Satan the most. Sometimes we get this idea that it's my job to put up my dukes and take him on head to head. You're a fool. You have no power over the prince of the power of the air. The only power that we have, which is sufficient, don't get me wrong, is the indwelling Holy Spirit, the person of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says if we're going to have victory over the devil, then we need to flee from him. And the Bible says if we're going to get victory over the devil, then we need to have God's peace in our hearts and be getting along. Hey, look, when you get along with other Christians and the peace of God's in your heart, it drives Satan bonkers. I'm pretty sure that's what it says right here in verse number 20. The God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The Bible says in conclusion, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. What's God say? He's going to give you peace and grace. Peace and grace. Oh, I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for the grace of God. It is sufficient in all of our troubles. And the peace of God fills our hearts. And when grace and peace have their proper place in God's church, guess what happens? Satan gets crushed, bruised. And I like that. I like that. But my role in bruising Satan's head and my role in having peace in my heart is not the actually crushing blow. It's not me trying to make me feel good all the time. It's not me trying to find something that makes me happy. The way we get those things, the Bible says, I, and I know it's unique, but the Bible says, look, you mark and avoid the divisive people. You mark and avoid the divisive people. And you ask God to give you wisdom and stay simple in regards to sin. And God will fill your heart with peace. And the grace of God will be sufficient. And by the way, Satan will be pounded. It's great. That's how it works. So my job, 
Mark and avoid. Be wise. Stay away from sin. And when we do, God will give us victory over divisions. And God will give us victory over the devil. It's helpful. It's wonderful. It's God's word. God's way is better than ours anyway. I like it. Let's pray.